Ladies and gentlemen, listening from around the world, we are live! Welcome to this episode of Tailgates and Teasers! And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, introducing your host, Drew Werner! It's time! What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of Tailgates and Teasers. I am your host, Drew Gorder. To my left today, Jake Ward co-hosting with me. Really excited again today's episode. We got uh, Tailgates and Teasers on Instagram. Be sure to follow us as well as listen to us on Spotify and Apple Music. Click the subscribe button, leave a review, leave a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate it. Also, a quick shout-out to our sponsors, The Broken Bat Workshop and Pure Effect Golf. Be sure to follow them on Instagram as well as use discount codes at checkout to help them out. TNT 10 for 10% off your order at Broken Bat Workshop and tailgates all caps for 20% off your order at Perfect Golf. Got a lot of cool stuff going on today. We ha- we're going to have a guest, uh, Joshua Crum, come on later, talk a little bit about hoops before the NBA season gets going. Uh, he has a new show coming out, JJ's Mental Game, through the Cost and Hammer Network. We're really excited to get him on to talk about that. But before we get going, Jake and I are going to shoot the shit. And episode four starts right now. Jake, what is going on? There's a lot going on in the sports world right now, and we're about to get into it, but it feels so, so, so great to actually be able to watch live sports that count for something. I know. And us being baseball people, man, it's like one of a kind, one of the best feelings that I've had in a long time right now. We got robbed of that opening day feeling back in late March, early April. And and I can only tell you, as someone who's worked in a, a baseball organization, that, that opening day feeling, it's like no other. So we finally got it a little late, but hey, I'll take it. Definitely. So some sports news real quick. Uh, we got Justin Gaethje and Khabib agreeing to fight on October 24th. We got Joey Bosa signing a five-year, $135 million contract extension with the Chargers. That should be interesting uh, to see how he does the next five years. Jake, Raider fan, how does that feel for you? It kills me because he's about to dominate whatever quarterback we have, and that's kind of a wink-wink. Derek Carr, your time may be up coming soon, but we're seeing these big young contracts. You see the Mahomes deal. You yep. saw the, the Chris Jones deal. Now you're getting a Joey Bosa deal. These, these deals... They're coming fast. They're coming furious, and he's earned it. He's got the sack numbers to prove it. He is just a wrecking ball out there. Right now, I might put him better than Khalil Mack. I'm sorry, Khalil. I'll always love you, but (laughs) Joey Bosa, he's up there right now. He's about as dominant a player in the league as there is. Definitely. we got the NBA season coming back this next week as well. Super excited about that. Uh, we'll dig in that, dig into that a little bit later. But the MLB last night's game, one of the best games that I've watched in a while. Uh, really weird with the coronavirus, not able to actually fight, and 
brawl or anything, but the benches did clear, which was pretty cool to see. This was the game that everybody was waiting for since the schedule came out, right? The the knowing that the AL West now is playing the NL West, getting that Astros Dodgers matchup, and boy, were we not disappointed. Not at all. You know, we had we knew at some point during the game something was going to boil over where they, you know, they police themselves. The players have said it, and uh, it was nice. Bregman was the one to say it, you know, the game and the players please themselves. Well, how does it feel when 96 is coming at your head, Bregman? I bet it it doesn't feel comfortable in that box. As someone who's actually been plunked in the head, I don't know if you ever have, but <laughs> it trust me, it's not a fun. You knew it was coming, and, you know, in watching the game, watching Joe Kelly struggle to locate, I can see a point where, okay, maybe some of it's not intentional, but when you get 3-0 and then you've got a fastball going right behind your ear hole – you're pretty clear that that's not just an accident. Definitely. And I'm also really happy that it worked out the way it did, uh, especially with the Correa at bat. I don't know. I just feel like there was a lot more to those two at bats. They were back to back, right? Or within the no, there same was, inning though. Same, same inning. inning. Okay. There was a batter in between after, uh, after Bregman had got on, there was a fielder's choice. I forget who was up that grounded into a fielder's choice. And then it was Correa that came after that ended the inning. Definitely. And then you had, you know, the one that goes behind his head and then a slider where he swings, misses, and then you got Joe Kelly walking back to the mound. And with no fans, they can hear exactly what they're saying from the dugout. That's why I think everyone got so pissed off is because they were able to hear what the other dugout was saying, like, go back to your dugout, blah, 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 you know. Nice swing. Nice swing, bitch, like all that stuff. So um, definitely – Something that Joe Kelly, I love Joe Kelly. Little tiny guy, but man, he throws hard and he gets after it. I'll tell you what, I was never the biggest Joe Kelly fan, and I'm definitely not now because he's a Dodger, but he earned a little of my respect because the thing is people are going to come at him for throwing up high, and you know what? That is the one piece that I can disagree with because if you're going to come in, if you're going to try to hit a guy, don't come in at the head. That that to me is where it, it gets dangerous, and yeah. that's where – you're not policing yourselves at that point. You need the commissioner to step in on that. If you would have drilled him 95 in the lower back or hit him in the thigh or hit him in the ass, again, I've been hit there plenty of times. It still stings, but it's better than potentially drilling a guy in the head. Now, with that being said, I'm a fan of beanball. I think that this was a long time coming because there's no fans there to heckle the Astros and how they got off light with the punishment. This is the least that the MLB can do. Well, they punished... Joe Kelly and last night more with eight games than they did the Astros entirely for cheating. I thought that was hilarious. It's it's completely backwards and kind of goes to our point of how MLB is always screwing things up because they just can't really get it right. You didn't suspend or really punish any of the players in a player-driven operation for cheating, and now... Because a player throws at one of those players that cheated that team. Now, keep in mind, Joe Kelly was not on the Dodgers when they lost to the Astros. He so. was on the Red Sox when they lost in the ALDS that year, though. So same he, thing. He does have a little bit of it. Not yeah. quite the same of, as losing in that World yeah. Series, but you need you need those guys policing the game. That was supposed to kind of be a part of it. I think MLB originally alluded to it when they came out with the punishment. And now, with a shortened season, with no fans, no one's getting after him. It's like the Astros are almost getting off scot-free. Yeah. Gotta love Joe Kelly, man. He's I, feisty, man. And I, they interviewed him after the game. Did you hear that? That was I the did best not. part. Oh, it was actually, no, it was a while ago. And it was on Barstool. They showed the clip. It came back out this morning. 
And it was like, you know, because it was the clip about when he hit the Yankees guy a few years ago and he came out to the mound and he was like, let's go, you know, drop the glove and he was ready to fight. And it basically turned it back around to last night when he said Correa looked at me and he goes, mama raised no bitch. So he was ready to go from, he would have fought with all of the coronavirus stuff going on. He was ready to go. And I think that's awesome. I think you need a guy like that in every single sport on every single team. You need that to be able to pull a team together. He's a great clubhouse guy. And you know that when you're going to war, especially in a baseball season outside of, of the shortened year, in a normal 162-game season, you're going to battle every day. And to have a guy on your team that you know always has your back, you will go out there and fight that much harder for him. But touching on the coronavirus part, I think that's why it's as harsh as it is because you're trying to have everybody distance. You're trying to. Are you talking the punishment? The punishment yeah. for Joe Kelly, the one game suspension of Dave Roberts, the fine for Dusty Baker, and and Dusty's just sticking up for his guy. He has to, as is Dave Roberts. You can't really fault either. As a manager, of them. you have to do that. You though. have to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, your players won't go that hard for you. Just like a, a clubhouse guy, you've got to be a to a point a player's manager, but. When you do that, it now invites these sort of situations when you know the MLB is trying to keep everybody apart and now you've got combustible elements that you can't contain on the field. So, unfortunately, I don't know that the appeal is going to really work too much. Maybe Kelly gets a couple games off, but I think he's at least looking at a five, six game suspension. Yeah. All right, well, that's all the time we got to shoot the shit. Jake, that was a lot of fun. Now we got a great guest, Joshua J.J. Crum, who's a good friend of both of us coming on. This is something you do not want to miss, folks. We're going to talk hoops before the NBA season comes back. All right, joining us today, we have Joshua J.J. Crum, a good friend of mine, co-worker of mine from Holy Names University, uh, graduate assistant. He was also one hell of a basketball player, fourth in scoring at Holy Names in history, second in assists in H&U history. And the guy to my left, Jake Ward, hired both of us. And, you know, we've been around each other a lot the past couple of years. So looking forward to having this talk today. We're going to have J.J. on, talk a little bit of basketball right before the season comes back. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, J.J. You know, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm a bum, so all the stuff they just talked about, it doesn't matter. I'm still, I'm still a bum, still a nerd, so it don't matter. JJ, right you are no bum. No bum. And also, I just got to throw out there, if I'm the boss man, then you definitely the little partner. Like, <laughs> without question. Man, absolutely. You were a senior. I was a freshman walking in the gym. Every game, I felt like I went to you at thirty plus points. Man, it was like a the JJ show in there. It was crazy. Now I know you're lying because I only had thirty points twice. So <laughs> I don't want to hear it. And I bet so you I remember. You I bet you remember both of those instances perfectly. Oh, not perfectly, but I remember them because I was mad because we lost. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's funny all right so uh we're gonna be talking some basketball today um crazy all the COVID stuff going on right now uh with the nba zero cases but the mlb came back this week they already have 17 players and two coaches i believe that's right yeah um with coronavirus so what are your thoughts on the bubble jj like how's adam silver doing keeping those guys in there I'm, I'm shocked as hell. I'm shocked that it's working. Um, knock on wood. The NBA season officially officially starts tomorrow. There's been zero cases and it's, what, 300-something people there. Um, so he's doing a really good job. I Meaning Adam Silver is talking about it. It's just Adam Silver. Um, like I said, I'm shocked. I didn't think it would be possible um, to keep all those grown men in a bubble. 
Um, and obviously, like, there's going to be some some people that go out and do whatever the case is. But for the most part, they're handling everything really, really well. Yeah, definitely. What do you think the hardest part is living inside that bubble? Because we, we saw them build the barbershop. They, they've got some of the amenities out there. Don't answer that. It's not the, it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not the barbershop, I'll tell you that. No, honestly, I think it's the fact that, like, all these grown men that make millions of dollars, they're so used to always having the spotlight on them, like, and it's no secret, like, they're always trying to go out and, like, get the girls and whatever the case is. So now that they can't do that, I think that's the biggest struggle, thinking about people like James Harden, that they'll lose a Western Conference final game and go to the strip club right after the game, and he doesn't care. Like, he doesn't have that anymore. And thinking about even people are giving Lou Will hell right now. He went to Magic City. He went for some chicken wings. If you guys didn't yep. <laughs> see those chicken wings, I would have went to Magic City too. Um, but I think that's probably the hardest part for them is everything. And that was uh, the thing I was worried about. Is like I'm not worried about them playing the sport, but everything they do outside of the sport. And so Adam Silver's doing a really good job. I don't know if he has them on house arrest. I have no idea how this is working. Um, Security is doing an amazing job keeping everybody and keeping everybody out of there. It's that snitch line. Um, so as a former basketball player and yourself JJ and as a fan of the game what are you most excited about for this upcoming season I know there's no fans there but like looking watching over TV and stuff like that what are you looking forward to most just having it on TV honestly I think that's like the biggest thing seeing sports back especially for me like I love basketball I love football but just seeing like one of the like top sports back on TV I don't care if there's fans or not and getting to see people compete, I think that's the best part about it. Um, like we said, it is what it is. There's no fans. It's like watching summer league. Um, but if you guys have ever seen summer league and seen some good, good summer league basketball, it's fun to it watch. It'll be really fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really fun. And I think that the guys are still going to compete really hard. I think at times it'll be tough because there's not as much motivation. Like if you dunk on somebody, there's no crowd that's you know what I'm saying hyping you up. But I think you can still. It's just like open gym. I think you can still really get amped up for it. How much does that affect an athlete? Because we're seeing this not only in basketball, but for all the major sports right now. No fans in attendance. You know, you, Drew, as well, having people there gives a little something to the game. There's a a shot of adrenaline. There's momentum on your side. How do you think that affects these players with no crowd in attendance? Especially having the home court advantage, too. Yeah, and that's, that's that's a great point. So I think that home court advantage is out the window. Uh, I think that's that's the that's first thing. I think that whoever is the most competitive, I think they're always going to have the edge. I think that the people that don't need a lot, and obviously it's hard to tell who needs a lot from the fan base and all that stuff. You can't really tell. Um, but I think the ones that don't really need it, the ones that just really just like to go out there and play basketball, like people like Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford will go out there and give people 30 right now at the age of whatever he is. I think he's like 37, 38, 39. He just okay. signed with the Nets. That's right. So I'm I'm happy. I think he can definitely help them out still because Kyrie uh, Kyrie opted not to play. Um, and I'm actually I'm all in support of Kyrie, and that's a, another conversation. But um, I think that's probably the hardest part is just the fact that you don't have like I said, if you dump on somebody, you can't look in the crowd and do all this, and right. you got to get it from your teammates. And the same thing if you hit four threes in a row. Like the crowd's not going crazy. Your teammates have to go crazy for you. But at the end of the day, if you're a competitive person, I think it really won't matter that much. Um, it's just like playing open gym. If someone scores on you, you're trying to go score on them back and you're trying to get a stop. They're going to be talking trash. So I think that for the most part, um, that's where we see a lot of people setting themselves apart. It's just whoever is really there to just hoop versus 
getting that reaction from other people. Definitely. Uh, one thing that I'm really interested to see this year, because I'm a Kings fan, and obviously we're never around the playoffs, but the eight seed this year is mm-hmm. up for grabs. We have the Pelicans, the Blazers, the Grizzlies, the Spurs, the Kings, and the Suns all competing for that final spot. So in mm-hmm. your opinion, what team will get there and why? You know, that's like honestly one of the hardest <laughs> – that's always the hardest thing to talk about. Because like I'm looking at this, and the Mavericks are seven. And I'm just like, I thought the Mavericks were top three at one point. And then you also got to think about John Morant has been doing a great job in that system. And I think he's actually taking them like above what their expectations were. And you got to think about Damian Lillard. Damian can give you 50 on any given night. And Melo, Melo's my guy. So I'm always going to rock with Melo. But uh, the Kings, I actually like the Kings a lot. I think it's going to be really tough because I think they only have eight games to play before the playoffs, correct? Correct. Yep. They basically have to win out, and I don't know, I don't know what their schedule is like. I want to say the Pelicans have a pretty easy schedule uh, going forward, um, and I think that also the NBA would love, 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 love to see Zion Williamson yeah. in the playoffs. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting, but I think for like the eleven, ten teams, they have to win out. They don't have a choice, honestly. Right. You know, you touch on Zion. Um, I really think that the NBA is, I feel like a lot of sports these days are all about the money now more than the sport. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I definitely think they're going to find a way to get Zion into that national TV uh, eight spot. That way they can continue to get their TV ratings up. Do you think that's the case or do you think they're just going to roll with the best team? I think there's always something. So I'm, I'm with you. I think there's always something uh, when it comes to that just because it's like um, one of those things where, if we can get this guy in, we're going to make so much more money. <laughs> we're literally going to make some, like it literally, it's the difference between LeBron being in the playoffs last year right. and LeBron being in the playoffs this year. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to want to watch him when he's in there. When when he's out, I don't want to watch it as much. Definitely. Um, so if Zion can get in there, and if you guys haven't seen Zion play, um, I suggest that you do. Everybody was trying to figure out if he'd be able to make that transition. But honestly, he's been doing a great job. I think he's lost. 15 to 20 pounds too. And so I think that just his athleticism alone is going to, the NBA is going to try to do whatever they can to get the Pelicans in there. Um, And obviously these are all conspiracy theories, but. You talk about losing 15, 20 pounds. You've seen Jokic lately, the Nuggets? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Jokic is a a point guard to me. He, He moves so slow and I'm just like, how are you so good moving this slow? Um, but, yeah, he looks really, really thin. He looks really good. Carmelo looks really skinny, too. Um, obviously, he's a lot older, but I'm excited just to see how all these guys are. And it, I want to see who's actually in shape because all the stars have been playing 15, 20 minutes in these preseason games or these exhibition games. But when they got to play 30, 35 minutes, I want to see who's actually going to be tired and who's going to be good for the rest of the game. Nuggets are one team that I'm actually really excited to watch. You know, they have Michael Porter back this year, as well as mm-hmm. that new guy, Bull Bull, who's tearing it mm-hmm. up in these uh, preseason games, which is pretty cool to watch. You got any thoughts about that with Jokic bringing up the ball and then Bull Bull down low? It's kind of weird to see. I think they had a they had some lineup, and I think Jokic was playing the one, 
I think I was playing two. Bobo was playing three. And I'm just like, this is ginormous. I'm Crazy. like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Forget and small so, ball. Just yeah. think about that lineup. That's your <laughs> counter to the small ball. Exactly. Yeah. I'm about to say. And the thing about it is they still have people that could potentially guard a point guard or a shooting guard. Like, um, I think, is it Jeremy Grant? Um, yeah. I, I know he has a brother, but I think it's Jeremy Grant. He can guard a one through almost for the most part because he's so athletic and he's 6'9", 6'10". So they could, could, could get away with it. Um, I think the only thing with Bobo is, like, obviously physicality. If yeah. somebody like LeBron switches off on him or even like a Paul George, even a Kawhi, even though Bobo is seven feet tall, it's like they're really strong. They know how to get to their spots, use their body. But I actually like Bobo. I'm really excited to see. I was shocked that he – fell so low I wanted the Warriors to get him really bad yeah because I think we could have turned him into whatever he, he is now he's pulling up in transition he's bringing the ball up making these passes so um I think the Nuggets have a, a decent shot in the West um there's still obviously a couple teams that I think are probably going to take it though so who do you think comes out of the West JJ who who's in the finals from the Western Conference I, I feel like I gotta, you're going to be an LA guy what's going to be one of those two <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be an L.A. guy, but it's not going to be the L.A. Everybody wants me to pick. So I think the Clippers are going to – I've been saying this since the regular season started, since, honestly, since Kawhi and Paul George signed. Uh, it's just there's no hiding against the Clippers. And that's my biggest thing. It's like you can't – if you switch off, you have to either guard Kawhi, Paul George, or Lou Williams, and you know yeah, they're all going to be on the floor in the last five minutes. And then on the defensive end, there's there's almost no hiding. The only person that you can go at is Lou Will, because um, I can almost imagine that their lineup would be something like Paul George, Kawhi, Pat Bev, Montrez, and Lou Will. And it's just like there's no hiding. You can't – There's if you switch off, Kawhi's going to guard you. If not, Paul George is going to guard you. Pat Bev's proven that he's not afraid to guard LeBron. Obviously, he can't guard LeBron, but he's never going to back down. Um, I think that the Clippers have the best shot. Um, the Lakers, they don't – play enough on-ball defense for me for them to get out. And obviously, I think the only thing that would be able to get the Lakers over the hump if they actually prove that they can win that type of matchup on-ball defense because Avery Bally's not playing anymore. So, um, yeah, that's my pick right now. I love LeBron. I love watching LeBron, but I think the Clips got it. With the Clippers, we've been seeing Kawhi struggle with his jump shot in these preseason exhibition big time preseason exhibition games. Do you think that carries over? Do you think he's maybe just not really trying his hardest right now? Kawhi's a robot. He'll be hard. I think he. I think he'll end up getting back to his normal self. I think that they're all still getting used to playing basketball again, five and five, um, and the physicality. Because, like I said, I don't know how many of these guys have actually been playing. I'm sure a lot of these guys have been getting a lot of rest um, with their bodies because the 82-game season is gruesome. Um, but I think that Kawhi will be okay. I think at the end of the day, he's a dog. He doesn't show a lot of emotion, but he's not afraid of anybody. And I think that he also works really hard, too. So I think he'll be okay. Outside of those two L.A. teams in the West, is there maybe anybody that could challenge those two? Is, is there maybe, you know, I, I think everybody... Right now is kind of penciling maybe a Clippers Lakers conference final if if that can match up mm-hmm. right. Is there anybody that can stop that from happening? The Nuggets actually have a they have a weird dynamic because of Jokic, but I think that they actually have a good shot because they're so deep. And I think that the Nuggets could give people a scare because they they don't play super fast, 
And so I think that that might throw teams off. Like the Lakers like to be like this, and even the Clippers at times they like to do this. For the most part, the Clippers are more half court based, and they like to go a lot more one on one pick and roll with Paul George, um, Kawhi, and Lou Will. But I could also, and I, I hate their system. But the Rockets, I can't sleep on the Rockets ever, <laughs> ever, 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 right. just because if they make, if they shoot forty threes, they're gonna make. 23s on their best night and that 60 points right there um, on top of Harden's <laughs> whatever he's going to get and then Russell Westbrook's whatever he's going to get um, I can't really see the Jazz and the Nuggets I mean the Jazz or the Thunder really taking the top off but for the most part I think the Rockets and the Nuggets have the best shot switching over to the East is, is there anybody outside of the Bucks? so Toronto <laughs> Toronto is always interesting especially without Kawhi and DeMar um Pascal Siakam has actually shown a lot of growth. And he's, I'm not going to say he's a matchup nightmare because he can't really shoot that that well. But at the end of the day, if you're 6'10 and you can dribble the way he can and get to your spot, and they also have guys that can knock down open shots, I think they'll always be in the mix. Um, and they play defense, so I think that they'll be okay. The Celtics are actually, I'm really interested to see how they look. I love Jason Tatum's game. Yep. I love to watch how he plays. Um, He's got a smooth jump Kimba, shot. Exactly. And yeah. Kimba's always going to be pretty good in the playoffs for the most part. And this would be the first time Kimba actually is on a team that can actually compete. Now I'm happy for him. Um, right. And 76ers are struggling. I can't put them in there. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. The Heat actually, they're interesting because Jimmy Butler's always going to find a way to get his team to play up to his level. And if you're not going to play up to his level, he's going to ask for a trade. So, um, I think that, for the most part, the Raptors have the best shot, but Giannis and that whole team, they're probably going to come out again. All right, real quick, let's do um, MVP and Rookie of the Year picks. Who do you have for Rookie of the Year? It's obviously between Ja and Zion. I personally have Ja. I think he's led the Grizzlies further than what a lot of people thought, and it didn't help that Zion was injured to start the year. But, I don't know, He can't, when he came back, it's it was his league, you know? So what are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think it's Ja. I think that he deserves it too, just because Zion was hurt for so long. If Zion would have played more games, we, I, I think you have a, you could actually have that debate. Uh, but the fact that they're in the eighth spot right now, I'm just like, how are you guys even close? I'm um, just looking at their roster. But I think that Ja has in the bag. Um, he's he's really electric. He's and it's so crazy because I I know how athletic he is, but then he'll actually go up and try to dunk on anybody and it reminds me a lot of Russ but more like in control um, if that makes sense um, as far as MVPs go you can that's a toss up to me honestly obviously the Bucks are 53 and 12 Yeah. but LeBron I've always thought LeBron's a point guard um, so I think that you can toss it up between LeBron and Giannis um, LeBron's leading the league in assists in his 16th year I think it's his 16th, 17th year. Um, he looks like an uh, old man right now, and he's still doing the things that he's doing. Yeah. That's great. Um, that big patches. gray beard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's between Giannis and LeBron, and I couldn't tell you who it's going to be. They'll probably lean towards Giannis because LeBron has too many accolades. Um, too many. Um, but I think Josh got rookie of the year, sure. Awesome. Let's get to who you think is going to win it all. So we, we now know your Western Conference. Give me your finals matchup, 
and break it down for me how it goes. Who walks away with the trophy this year? I think it's Clippers and Bucks, and I think the Clippers win. And I think it's not going to be easy. I think it'll be six or seven. Uh, the Bucks, they have a lot of shooters. Um, I think that the only way that they can prove that they'll win is if Giannis can start making jump shots without forcing stuff. Because I think the one thing that we learned last year with the Raptors was that when he tries to go in there, and he's also really young, I have nothing against Giannis. I actually really like the way that he plays and how aggressive he is. But I think that whenever he would try to get in the paint, just force it because he's seven feet tall and he can jump over everybody. I think that at times I got him in trouble and they would just collapse. Um, now they end up like the Rockets do and just start getting hot from three and Giannis just starts kicking every single time. I think that they'll win. Um, but I think that it honestly just depends on Giannis, how he forces things. Um, like I said before, this, my answers are the same for the Clippers. Like, there's no hiding with them. They can shoot. They have people that can go one-on-one. I think the only person that's going to make or break them is Paul George. Because Paul George can either give you 50 points or he can go six for 18. And we're like, where the hell did PG go? Um, so, but at the end of the day, if PG doesn't score, he's going to stop somebody on defense. And they have a deep bench. And, yeah, so I think the Clips got it. So, that means if the Clippers win, Kawhi gets his third ring with the third franchise. What does that do for his legacy? You got to I mean, – and this is this is a tough conversation. I mean, this is something tough to say, but you got to start throwing him in that, like, top ten greatest type of conversation. Yep. Um, people don't like to watch Kawhi play. I love watching Kawhi play because if you actually watch him, he doesn't look like a robot when he plays anymore. He actually has a little wiggle with his game now. Um, he can shoot. He gets to a spot. He's going to play defense too. Um, he he doesn't miss free throws. There's like there's not too many weaknesses in his game. The only thing that you can potentially say is his passing, but that's not his job. Yeah. Um, but I think you'd have to start putting him in that potential top ten. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of good players uh, through NBA history, but that's what I'm saying. Potential top ten, but the fact that you win on the Spurs and obviously. It was Tim Duncan's declining year and Tony Parker's declining years and Ginobili. Um, but then he went to Toronto, did it. He goes to Clips and does it. Um, yeah, I think that you can uh, – maybe top 15. I won't say top 10 yet. If he does it again, then he's top 10. Funny you say that, Jake. LeBron is actually in the exact same situation right now. He won one in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. He won some in Miami. And now he could win it in uh, L.A. as well. I, I still think – with everything that's happened this year, especially with Kobe, I think there's a great writing on the wall for like a great sports story. I think the Lakers are going to find a way to get it done. That's just how I am. I know like, I don't know, a lot of great stories come out of moments like these. And I feel like the Lakers are going to find a way to get it done. But um, now I would love, I would love for LeBron. LeBron gets a lot of hate. Um, I wouldn't say I hate on LeBron. Only thing I used to get mad at LeBron for was because I'm like, you are this freak of nature and you can do whatever you want on the basketball court. And he's too unselfish at times for me. Um, people used to give Kobe and Jordan Hill because they would shoot over three people. And it's just like, okay, why don't you pass the ball? LeBron does it, and then people get mad at him because he won't be that aggressive. That's the only knock I ever have on LeBron. I would love if he got a ring again because um, there's really no, there, like, there's nothing he can't do. And yeah. I think the only thing that sets, separates him, Jordan, and Kobe is like that mentality like I'm going to shoot this I don't care like I'm going to make this shot no matter what I don't care about passing it to the open guy in the corner 
Um, and obviously that's about viewpoints or whatever. Um, but I think for the fact that LeBron is in this position at, at what is he, 34, 36? He's, he he's might be 34, there. 35. The fact that he's still there and he's still considered the best, if not the second best player in the league, it's really impressive. So I wouldn't be mad at all if LeBron came out the West either. So yeah, a lot of good talk there for the from the basketball side of things. JJ, thank you for that. But um, I know you got something coming out next Monday, debut episode with the Cost and Hammer Network, something that we're all a part of. And uh, I'll let you kind of take the floor and kind of shout yourself out a little bit here. Yeah, so I appreciate it. So um, I'm actually working with Jake Ward um, as a part of um, CHN, the boss man. Um, working on this podcast, this web series called The Mental Game. Um, we're kind of highlighting just mental health issues in sports as well as just mental health uh, in the community and sports preparation stuff always like a lot of different things that kind of relate to the mind when it comes to sports um, so I'm really excited to work on it um, I think that it can definitely help a lot of people out um, it's not a long long web web series as far as like the length of each episode so I think that it can capture a lot of people's attention um, and get to the point um, but I'm actually really excited just to get started because this is something I've been wanting to do for a while and CHN helped me get this started and I really appreciate it and I gotta say as the producer of that web show I'm extremely excited for everybody to see it I, I know the hard work that you've done going into all of that and, and as well as the hard work you've done to learn all that stuff, you are one of the most knowledgeable people in that field that I know. So I, I, and this is something, even though we do kind of relate it to sports, it's something I feel that can apply to many people. So I, I, I just want to say congrats and I can't wait for everybody else to see it. Cause I know they're going to, going to see your hard work come through. No, I appreciate it. And like you said, it doesn't have to just be people who play sports. This is mental health that people always deal with. I mean, this can be, Someone who works in the hospital, this can be someone who works a regular nine to five at wherever, um, and you don't have to pick up a basketball, football, baseball, whatever the case is. Um, but I'm really excited for it. I think that, like like Jake said, this can definitely just help a lot of different people. What is one thing that you want to do, like long term, career wise? Is this kind of like a bridge to what you want to do long term? You know, it definitely is. I mean, for me personally, I want to work with a sports team, um, whether it's through their actual team, whether it's through a conference, whether it's my own firm, whatever the case is. Um, and I want to help their athletes that struggle with any type of um, mental health issues or even just mental health preparation. Um, and mental health is just a broad term. So just to give you an example, like if somebody is expected to go out there and be the man that night and score 25 plus, um, but they have a sick family member at home and they don't know who to talk to about it. You can come in, talk to me, let it all out. And you don't have to let anybody else know. Um, Cause I think that's one of the biggest things for me that I want to emphasize is that you don't have to let everybody know that you're going through this, but keeping it inside is also going to eat you up eventually. Um, there's been instances where certain athletes have um, been perceived as happy and, all these different things in the life of the party. And then, got, and then obviously like they take their life and it's unfortunate and it sucks because we had no idea. And I think that's the main thing that I want to be a part of is being able to give those people 
um, a space to vent, to figure out how to cope with what's going on in their life. And this can also be anything from, like, I really can't knock this free throw down, and I hate when people um, always criticize me after this game. So there's a lot of different layers to it. Um, but I think that each person is very specific. And so obviously mental health is a broad term, but uh, Drew, you might have something different than Jake, and Jake might have something different than me, and so on and so on. I know for myself playing that I definitely had those moments. Baseball is a very mental game, you know, um, mm-hmm. throwing, fielding, hitting it. There's so many different things that you could mess up in. And I feel like there was always times where I, you know, wish I could have talked to somebody to get stuff off my chest or help me work through rough patches. But for you, uh, were, were there ever times when you were playing basketball at Holy Names or whenever it was when you realized like, damn, I wish I would have, I could talk to somebody right now. Um, outside of, you know, a coach or family members, just keep it behind closed doors and help you move forward? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's, there's definitely been events in my life within the last, like, eight to ten years where I was just, I was really overwhelmed, but no one knew. And if you didn't know, I mean, if you didn't know, then it was somebody that was very, very, very close to me. Um, I wouldn't tell my, I wouldn't tell my mom, my dad certain things. I wouldn't even tell my nephew, my sister certain things. Um, but then I had to go out there and play a basketball game. You know what I mean? And for me, basketball definitely was an outlet and it kind of made me forget about it, at least for that moment. And I think that's another reason why I want to do it is because sports can only do so much for you um, for a certain period of time. Um, eventually, everybody's going to stop playing sports. And even if you are playing sports, you can play basketball. I used to play basketball for three to five hours at a time when I was younger. I can't even imagine doing that now. My knees would hurt so bad. <laughs> um, but I would more so, sometimes I would do it because it was fun. Sometimes I would do it because it was social. Other times I would do it because I need to get my mind off things. But then the same thing would always end up coming back eventually. And um, I was always taught to not show a lot of emotion, not to um, talk about a lot of different things and just kind of like push through, thug it out. Um instead of talking to somebody. And I wish that at times that I did have somebody where I could just go in there, not be judged and just say whatever I have to say. So the web show is called the mental game at JJ's mental game on Instagram. For those of you who missed it, JJ, if you can very briefly break down for us, the debut episode, like we said, coming out on Monday on the Costin and hammer network on YouTube, give us a a little breakdown of what we're going to see. Yeah. So um, it's kind of it's more broad. It's more so just me talking about what I'm doing, why I want to do it, um, some of the things that I've seen in my community, um, and we're also talking about how COVID has kind of um, messed up a lot of people's motivation and things like that, especially for athletes um, in this time. And I'm just thinking about motivation for me, and I don't even play sports anymore. It's definitely tough, so I can't even imagine trying to go work out every single day, getting kicked out. Um, in every single gym because of COVID or getting kicked off from the field, trying to work out um, and trying to stay as fit as I was before, if not more fit. Um, so it's more of a broad talk. And then throughout each episode, I'm going to try to bring in different guests. There might be times where I might just talk to somebody via Zoom. It might be me just talking um, myself. But for the most part, that's what the first episode is about. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on today, talking some basketball, sharing JJ's mental game. We're really excited to get that out on the Cost and Hammer Network and seeing what you got for us, man. So appreciate you stopping by again. Thank you so much. Yeah, 
Appreciate both of you guys. Shout out to CHN. Shout out to Drew. Shout out to Jake. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank Lil you, partner. Lil All partner. Right. All right. Take care, JJ. Thanks. <laughs> boss man. All right, that concludes episode four of Tailgates and Teasers. Thank you for listening, and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode.